Hello, and welcome to another episode of Boundless Body Radio. I'm your host, Casey Ruff, and today we have another amazing guest introducing now. Ify Orsiebu, aka Ify Uploaded, excuse me, is a 44-year-old young health and fitness enthusiast. I had a really hard time introducing you. Your name is, is difficult for me because lots of mouths I can see you laughing in the background. I love it. Uh, Ify's love of exercise drew him to document the calisthenics movement in the United Kingdom, which then led him to work with Steve Maxwell, Idol Portal, Christopher Summer, and MMA fighter Michael Venom Page. Since then, he has been drawn to the topic of longevity. Under his YouTube channel called PhysiCal, he has produced a small series called Mastering Youth, which documents the lives and motivations of several inspiring athletes over the age of 60. Having experienced a tremendous amount of loss and illness in his family, Ify is now on a mission to discover the truth or lies behind conventional health advice, and in particular, whether the guidelines on red meat consumption and saturated fat are flawed. Ify has started the Meat Based Heals podcast, which is a resource that Ify is using to lose more, to learn more, excuse me, about a meat-based approach to well-being, with a wealth of knowledge in developing realistic, practical, and sustainable methods to maintain fitness. Ify possesses a unique ability to assist individuals in achieving physical fitness and muscle growth. Ify, what an absolute honor it is to welcome you to Boundless Body Radio. Thank you very much, Casey. Good to good to good to uh, meet you. Um, I've actually got. I'm actually going to second you, right? I've got. Let, let's see. Let's see if you like this. <laughs> Casey Ryan Ruff is a personal trainer and lifestyle and nutrition coach, specialising in the ketogenic and carnivorous ways of eating. His awakening to the benefits of low carb approaches, followed on from coaching thousands of people and supervising metabolic testing programs for large for a large corporate gym. In the almost 17 years he has coached, he's spotted common sticking points with his clients, weight loss, well-being, and performance issues. These sticking points prompted an exploration into the importance of dietary fat as a fuel source. Together with his wife, Bethany, they created Boundless Body LLC during the 2020 pandemic. Now a full-time advocate for the low-carb lifestyle, Casey is prolific in his podcast output, so prolific, in fact, that he's reinvigorated a fire in me to keep pushing the message despite obstacles, resistance, or lack of support. Welcome to your podcast, Casey. <laughs> I have never been introduced on my own podcast. That was amazing. That was amazing. That was oh, totally you, unexpected. Well done, my friend. So I've seen on your Instagram that you do hire out for voiceovers. And I was listening to some of the things you've done, like commercials. You did the the phone line for like a hotel. Dude, if I stayed in yeah. a hotel that had a landline that you did the recording on, I would just sit in the room and yeah. keep dialing it to hear your voice. You've got the best voice, dude. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, work, I'm working on that side hustle as well. So that's... Uh... You just cut out a little bit. Oh, oh, there yeah. we go. We're back. Okay. We're back. Yeah. We're, 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 back. we're back. We're back. We're back. Well, I really appreciate you did such a good job on the introduction. Like I said, you've got such a great voice. I, this is going to be fun. Thank so you. I think we just kind of met each other through Instagram. I'm not sure who friended who first, but I just, I really love what you're doing with your page. Before we get into your personal story, can you tell us about like what, what, what you're trying to put out on Instagram? So with, so in, it's, Basically, I'm juggling so many different things. One, one, I'm into fitness. Two, I'm into nutrition. Three, I'm into well-being. Four, I'm into art and music and oh, so much things. Right? Um, fitness has been a part of me for 
forever I've, I've been you know when i was younger i used to sprint um i did some some rugby training um i did some martial arts i did some fencing i did a whole heap of things um and it's always been kind of my grounding um i guess like like like, like a lot of people you know sometimes you have a challenging childhood um so there are certain things that you know um sport and fitness kind of gave me as an outlet um and as I get kind of got older, um, it became less and less of, you know, something that was in the kind of the f- forefront. Um, you know, I was kind of pushed into education coming from a very traditional Nigerian family. Um, so fitness was something that was kind of had to be pushed aside, um, which is one of my biggest regrets. Um, and then I got myself that, you know, I should document it and I would be some sort of media mogul rather than, you know, actually partaking in fitness. Um, And that was the brand physical. Um, So initially I started by putting up some of my own exercises um, and people were like, oh, this is, you know, this is really good. You know, um, you know, how are you managing to do all of these body weight? um, Or how how are you managing to, how how are you managing to stay fit um, without a gym membership? And then, you know, I kind of introduced them to body weight training and calisthenics. And then I got a bit camera shy. So I decided to go behind the camera and document various people in the whole, you know, the whole fitness scene, um, starting with the calisthenics movement, um, as you mentioned up front. Um, and then most recently, I've just become really obsessed with longevity. Um, so um, I have the Mastering You series, um, which documents, you know, people over the age of 60 who are effectively athletes, you know, people that are in really good shape um, for their age. Um, and I just kind of look at, wanting to demystify fitness because i think there's so many so many unnecessarily um complex messages that are put out there um and i think it can just be so much simpler um and with regard to eating and nutrition um so it's been in the last three years that i have um become meat-based um so effectively my my diet is 70 to 90 percent kind of meat-based um and the reason why I got into it is I saw, a, uh, like, this is the origin story for everyone. I saw a Joe, Rod, uh, Joe Rogan podcast, right? Um, and it was uh, with um, the knees over toes guy. Oh, yeah. And he was talking, he was talking about how he, he was referring to Paul Saladino and uh, the meat and the fruit diet. Um, so I kind of like, you know, went into a kind of a a deep dive, um, on that, um, looked into, you know, various other personalities, various other doctors and medical professionals in the space, um, various other influences in the space as well. Um, and it kind of coincided at the same time as my mum, um, being diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So I looked into Alzheimer's and dementia, um, and you know, all of the guidelines that she had followed and other uh, various other family members had followed, um, seemed to not put them in advantageous positions with their health. Um, and the one thing that stood out is very few of them ate red meat and kind of, you know, three years on, I am, um, pretty much meat based with, with my eating. So that's, that's kind of like my my uh, background in a nutshell in a very long a very big nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big nut a lot to pack there um 
you, you've gone through a lot and it's a lot of convergence of different things. And so I'm sure we'll drift from nutrition to exercise to more of that longevity component and all of it. I, I do love, absolutely love. And part of the reason why I wanted to bring you on the show is I love that you said that there's too much noise in this space and the exercise and nutrition space and things can be simple. I love telling people like mm. things might not be easy. A workout should not be easy, but it should be simple. And you do such a good job of that. And I think it becomes even more valuable post pandemic when, you know, a lot mm. of people lost their access to the gym and they didn't know what to do at home when they didn't have the machines. And, you know, when I did my kettlebell training, I learned these specific moves that you do with kettlebells. And I, I kind of just stick to those. And I, I sometimes forget and, and I remember when I see your page, all these fun, creative, cool things that you can do with something like a kettlebell and, and you make it really fun and approachable. Even the video that you posted that I love how to make a sled at home and you're walking around your living room, having loaded up a, a shopping bag that can slide on carpet really well. You made an awesome fitness apparatus at mm. home in a minimal way. So people are looking for that and that really helps them. So I think it's cool that you approach it that way. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, for, for me, I think, one of the, in, in talking about making exercise complicated is one of the major things that people have issue with, or um, I find people end up yo-yo exercising is because they go too hard. You know, they, they push themselves to, you know, to, to, to extremes that they don't need to thinking that that will give them longevity, that will give them health. Um, and my, I think my philosophy has always been about play. So I've never, even though I've trained from from a you know a young age, I've never been into kind of killing myself in the gym, like you know you know working to the point where you know your muscles ache and you know like there was a there was a brief period when I was into bodybuilding that I did that, but for for the most part, it, for me, it's all about play, and that's you know that's how I think people can stick with an exercise regime is if they make it playful. You know, if they're just going through the motions, you're not going to stick to it. You know, you need to do something that you love. Um, you know, one of my things is dance. I love dance. For me, dance is the superior form of cardio. I'm not into jogging. Um, you know, I'm not into it other than sprinting. I love sprinting. But for me, dance is just probably more so than weights. Dance is superior, you know? So I love that. Yeah, that's my, my take, my philosophy. So. I love that. Yeah. No, with How about you? Yeah, same. When a lot of people approach us and want to start a program, they are extremely motivated, right? And you know, they're usually overweight, and weight loss is a big goal for theirs of, of theirs. And and I think people appreciate less the the kind of style of training. And, and, and all the physical mm -hmm. benefits, the nutrition, you know, everybody wants to lose weight, but they, they, you know, don't really talk about in the beginning, the mental clarity or, you know, being able to fend off, um, chronic diseases. Like you mentioned, Alzheimer's, like it's really just about the weight loss and trying mm -hmm. to help people understand that like, yes, we're going to help you lose weight. And that's a big part of this. And yes, we're going to try to get you as quick results as we can, but you didn't get into this condition overnight, you're not going to get out of it overnight either. And so mm. you, it, it's really about manage, helping that passion, that, that person manage, you know, their workloads and make sure, yes, we're finding things that you love. Like my last clients that I just did a virtual appointment with, we were doing bicep curls in a certain way. And one of the guys I was training was like, I don't really like these bicep curls. It's like, well, let's find a different thing. Like if, if none of this is for you to hate it, like exercise might be uncomfortable, but it's not for you to hate what we're doing. Let's find different ways and different tools and different 
things to use to be able to get you to that same goal. So I, yeah, I love, I love your approach on that. And I, I, I agree with you fully. It, it needs to be fun. It needs to be organic and playful. And I, I, I'm not great at dance, but I think dance is one of the very best things that people can do to really express themselves and move in ways that humans are really good at moving. Mm. It's interesting because a, a, a gentleman I was speaking to the other day, he's into baseball. He loves baseball, but he hates exercise. And in my mind, like it, it didn't, it didn't initially make sense, right? <laughs> but then it's because he views exercise as kind of like prescriptive and regimented, whereas baseball is a game. And you play, so I was like, no, you need to inject the playfulness into, you know, into exercise. You need to make it about you know uh, not necessarily maybe not necessarily about reps and uh level of weight that you're lifting it just needs to be fun you need to kind of you know um you know find find that that childlike spirit um and you know just 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 use that as your fuel when it comes to exercise, you know? I love that, man. And a good, you know, fitness professional at any level can help try to, to mix that into a program. So I'm sure you were able to help him understand, like, let's, 100%. yeah, let's, let's do things that are kind of fun that would be similar to baseball. And, and I'm really curious on, on your personal story, you mentioned a difficult childhood. And in the introduction, we talked about, you know, loss and a lot of tragedy. Can you touch on some of those points mm. and some of the things you went through? You mentioned your mom and I'm very sorry about your mom and other family members dealing with Alzheimer's. But what mm-hmm. other what other kind of tragedies and, and things did you have to go through in your childhood? Ooh, so so, so I, I I lost my dad when I was quite young. Um, so it's kind of like you know you don't have other than you know uncles that are, are there in kind of like on the outskirts. You, you have um, you don't really have like a male uh, kind of role model. Um, so that's been something that's actually probably still dealing with, you know, in, in my, in my mid forties now. Um, yeah. And then, you know, various kind of with, with, uh, I was going to say with Nigerian culture, um, it's not exclusive to Nigerian culture, but we have, um, like very, very close extended families. Um, so, you know, various aunties and uncles, um, cousins, um, you know, would have fallen ill, um, uh, what was it, uh, going back two years ago now, um, one of my, one of my cousins who was, she was in her early forties, she passed away from, um, bile cancer. I'd never, ever heard of bile cancer before. Um, and, uh, most recently, um, my partner's mum passed away from pancreatic cancer. Um, and I mean, cancer has been something that is, uh, is quite common, um, amongst you know various family members and various friends um and that's another thing that you know my mum's kind of alzheimer's led me into kind of looking at meat-based eating but since then it's spun off into you know looking at how beneficial it is for cancer um how beneficial it is for arthritis osteoporosis eczema um personality disorders like it's just it's wild some of the stuff i've kind of come across and and read um and it's uh it's very disheartening when you kind of walk out onto the street and you see people eating in a certain way and living in a certain way and you're like you know what what's what's your eyes are open to stuff that you know sometimes it feels a bit too overwhelming overwhelming it feels like a burden you know um so yeah yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of my my background with it. 
Yeah. So the animal-based stuff came a little bit later and you learned about that down, down the road a little bit and you've always been into exercise. When, when did you start to look at anything nutritionally? Like, has that always been something you've tried to do? Like, did you always think that you were eating healthy or did that come later in life as well? Yeah. I mean, I'd say, I'd say in comparison to say my peers, um, you know, my, my close friends, um, back then I would have been the most healthiest. Um, so, you know, I would have eaten the, the kind of the, the, the prescribed, the prescribed healthy foods, um, you know, lots of rice, um, which I hardly, hardly touch now. Um, lots of, uh, fish, uh, chicken, um, lots of vegetables. Um, yeah. So, and also it kind of came from like, you know, I used to be quite a skinny kid. So the whole thing was, you know, I wanted to bulk up. Um, so I, I was kind of like on, on pretty much, a, I'd say a typical classic bodybuilders diet. So, you know, sometimes straight out of the can tuna and, you know, all of that stuff. But for the, for the most part, it was, it was heavy on the carbs, especially rice, especially pasta and bread, you know, bread. Yeah. Yeah. That was like a, that was a go-to every morning, you know? Yeah. And, and, and to most people that would probably sound like a very healthy diet. You're eating vegetables, you're getting some protein in, you're getting, you know, fruits and vegetables. Like I said, I mean that most people might consider that to be a really healthy diet. Yes. Yes. And, um, yeah, funnily enough, connected to the, the whole rice thing is since I was little, I've always had hay fever. Um, you know, during the summer months, uh, I would want to scratch my eyes out. Like it would be so bad. Um, and after a year of eating meat based, like I was able to like something that I've never been able to do before, but I fell asleep in, in my, um, partner's parents garden and there was like pollen floating all over the place. Right. I'd never be able to do that before. Like I would be, I'd be rushing to go back in because I'd feel like I was suffocating. Um, and my partner who was, who grew up in the countryside. So she was, you know, exposed to pollen from, you know, since she was a baby. Um, she ended up getting hay fever at the same time that she started dating me. Wow. And I was eating rice for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And basically I think what happened was I introduced her to the high levels of rice that I was eating and that that she, she then got hay fever in her, you know, adulthood, which is something that is quite rare. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. The things that the, the, the connections that I've started to make, um, since going meat-based it's, it's wild. It's unbelievable. What other physical conditions were you dealing with? And maybe you weren't even associating them with diet at all, but what other physical things were you dealing with before you found an animal-based diet? Uh, physical things, um, kind of like, you'd get these odds. I think because I was, I've always been into fitness, always been into exercise. Like I I haven't had any major issues. Um, but I would have these kind of weird aches and pains in my, like in my feet or my knee that that I couldn't prescribe to anything. Like I I didn't, I hadn't hit my foot. I hadn't hit my knee, but I'd, I'd have these weird kind of, and I haven't had them, um, or haven't had them as much, but like, they would be quite a quite a regular thing. Um, lower back issues as well. That that would be something that is kind of, you know, I'm not doing. I don't think I'm doing anything different with my training, 
but in terms of lower back issues, I don't have the lower back issues that, you know, I had in the past, you know, where it'd take me a while to kind of warm up. Um, warming up is something that I, I kind of don't do so much now. Like I can just go straight into exercise. Um, so that's the physical side of things. Uh, migraines. Migraines are something that I used to get loads of. Um, I, I can't remember the last time I had a migraine now. Um, and what else? Um, I used to, <laughs> it's funny, funny. Um, I used to get this tip of the tongue thing where I know what I wanted to say, but I just couldn't, I couldn't grab the words. I couldn't pull the words. And then now I'm starting to learn more about, you know, diet and dementia and diet and, you know, kind of cognitive issues. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe, you know, maybe I was in some sort of brain fog or something. And that's the reason why I wasn't able to kind of pull these, you know, pull these words. Um, yeah, I think that's, you know, that's mood is another thing, you know, um, you know, I would, I'm, I'm, I've always been like a calm and chilled person. Um, but there'd be times when I'd be wrestling inside with, with, you know, kind of anger and stuff. Not, not, it wouldn't explode out kind of physically, but it would be there. And and now I, I, I seem to feel a lot more, you know, a lot more at peace, even though, you know, I'm going through probably more stressful things now than I was before, but I just feel a little bit more kind of even killed, you know? So, um, yeah, yeah. That's kind of like my, 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 um, take on eating eating more meat so and you've been doing this long enough yeah i mean it's all those things i was just going to say like you've been doing this long enough that those those would now be expected right do you do you think you kind of understand what i might tell you in response to that question like do you have an idea of the things i might say based on all the things that you've experienced and other people you've talked to hundred percent. And I also have listened enough, listened enough to your podcast to know exactly what I expect. So, um, well, yeah, thank no, you. It's... Yeah. So, so I was, I was just like you, I had heard the podcast. I, it was a different podcast that I had heard. Mine was Joe Rogan, uh, but it was Dr. Sean Baker back in 2017 or 18 when he appeared. Um, I remember I had gotten into low carbohydrate and keto. I knew that fat was okay for you at that point. Um, but I, I still you know, couldn't fathom the idea that a diet without vegetables would be any kind of like healthy for you. And so I heard this podcast episode with Dr. Rogan. I turned it off at the point that, that Dr. Sean Baker said that he doesn't treat, he doesn't, he didn't put a lot of value into blood work. I thought blood work was hugely important and really valuable. And it was something that I was selling at my corporate job that I had at the time. And so I thought that was preposterous for a doctor to say he was only eating ribeyes and setting records and deadlifts and rows and, and, and you didn't need blood work at all. So, so I turned it off and kind of parked it and it was listening to other people, like you said, like Dr. Paul Saladino and reading his book that finally convinced me that, um, maybe this would be something I could try. So I decided to try it for 30 days in April of 2019. And, you know, I lost a few more pounds and that was cool. I got a little bit leaner and lost fat. That was cool. Um, it, but it, it's like you're describing the mental state is just so different on carnivore when you eliminate the last bit mm. of the plants. Um, which is why I do encourage people, like, even if you don't stay strict on an exactly strict carnivore diet, maybe give it a try for, you know, 30 days to just kind of see how you feel. But I remember, yeah, something mm. very stressful happened. And like you, I, I always thought of myself as a calm person and really optimistic. And I think that was true, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I remember something stressful happened and it was just like, it was okay. There wasn't, it, it mm. wasn't that like spinny, anxious 
kind of, you know, heavy yes. response that I would normally have. I wouldn't yell or throw things around the room, like you said, but, but mm. it was just, it, things were okay. And I noticed that continued and it wasn't, you know, bliss and it wasn't, um, euphoria. It was just this like, okayness, this, this, everything is okay. Kind mm -hmm. of a feeling. And that by and large hasn't left as long as I've stuck with this. If I reintroduce any kind of carbohydrates or sugar, I start spinning again and my anxiety comes back and my sleep sucks. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I, I start craving things that I wouldn't normally crave. Fast food starts to sound good to me or donut sounds good to me when I'm more mm. strict carnivore. None mm -hmm. of that even appeals to me. It doesn't even seem like, like food to me at all. No, no, I was going to say for me, it's, it's almost like it fills, it, it, it fills a gap. The, the, the eating of meat fills a hole that you don't need to then fill with the junk food and the carbohydrates and, and you know, it, it kind of, sat, it's, it's satiating literally, you know, it kind of, you know, fills that, fills that need to, uh, to want to eat anything that's, you know, not good for you. Great so, point. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. If you're yeah, nur yeah. nurturing yourself with all those foods and you're truly getting satiated, you, you really like, Snacking is just not really a thing. You're not that interested in it. You can go do fun mm -hmm. things and throw kettlebells around and have fun, you know? Um, <laughs> exactly. And then it's after. So here's the part that I would expect you to just have predicted that I would say is like, you look back and you go, oh yeah, like my shoulder that always used to ache or it would feel like it would like pop out of place when I played ice hockey. That has not happened in several years. Um, you know, maybe it's, you know, the athlete's foot that I always used to get. I, I Two have been in sports and done a lot of things and seemed to, to just chronically always have a little bit of athlete's foot. And now that's gone. Um, tolerance to the sun was a big one. Um, like I can go out in the sun and in yes. the middle of the day and not burn and be fine. So it's just those little things like that. Did you ever get like athlete's foot too? Yeah. When I was actually, you say that, but when I was, re when I was much younger, um, yeah, no, I haven't had a bout of, of athlete's foot in a, in, in a while, but what, uh, sorry, what, what I was going to say is, these those little aches and pains it's so easy particularly when you reach your 40s to be like this is aging this is normal and you know like if everybody else is going through the same thing it is normal right and then when you get you know when you get to your early 40s and you discover a way of eating that that rejuvenates you you're like this is wild. This is, you know, we, we have been, we have been either, you know, not wanting to sound conspiratorial, but we've been sold, sold a lie, right. That, you know, when you, when you hit your forties, it's kind of all downhill from, from there. And I feel, I feel like 10, 15 years younger, like, you know, physically, mentally, um, you know, one, one of my side hustles is, is it's uh it's a, it's a, it's a physical job. It's a manual labor job. Right. Um, and usually I wouldn't have the brain space to say, read something or listen to a podcast or because I'd be so exhausted, so physically exhausted. So mentally I wouldn't have the bandwidth and now I've got the bandwidth. I'm, you know, constantly listening to stuff, constantly reading stuff, maybe a little bit too much. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just opened up something that yeah, that is just I, I can't I can't evangelize it about it enough, you know. I know the I, feeling. I try and tell people about it so much, you know. Yeah, so, I know the feeling. Yeah. In in your words, again, as you've been learning about this, and right, we don't want to be like, you know, 
say that this is a conspiracy or whatever, but what what have you learned? In your words, what has happened? Why do we go out in public, like you said, and like look around and see all these people that are in such poor health and we think it's normal? Like, what were some of the major events that you can identify in your studies that that got us to this point? Um, oh man, it's uh, I, I'd like to say rather than a conspiracy, it's kind of more, more conspiracy of, of circumstance. Or um, another way I look at it is, it's um, I have this theory that it's kind of like the the the, the organism they want to survive, so they may not necessarily be doing stuff out of you know a hundred percent vindictive reasoning but they want to protect their bottom line. They want to survive. They want to continue, you know, um, making profit. Um, so it's not necessarily that they are trying to poison us or make us ill on purpose. It's just, it's just one of those things. It's just the way they, they operate, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, you've got all of this, you know, junk foods that are subsidized, um, you know, one of the examples I give is that why is why is a bottle of Coke cheaper than a bottle of water? For, for me, it doesn't compute. You know, water that comes from the earth requires very little processing. Um, you know, whereas Coke has, you know, multiple ingredients in it. Like, why why is Coke cheaper than bottled water? Um, you know, why is uh, processed food that requires a whole production line cheaper than you know, uh, hot, hot, like a whole food, you know, all of this just doesn't sit right with me. Um, and then the issue then becomes that because these things are cheaper, a lot of people make the assumption that, that therefore they are good. Um, and it's not that they're, sorry, let me rephrase that because things are, because they're cheaper, it allows people to survive. Right. You know, um, and it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a good thing in a way. It's kind of like we're, we're told that, you know, um, or some people say that, you know, these, these, some of these companies are saving people, um, because they're allowing them to use less of their income on food. Um, when in fact, I feel that people should be spending more money on food. Um, I, you know, I, I say that, you know, I'm not in a privileged position or anything, but it just seems to me that, if health is key to everything, food, a lot more money on, um, as individuals and as society, that's how, you know, that's how we help things like mental health issues and obesity issues. Um, you know, uh, and sometimes it feels like these companies are taking from us on, in, in one hand and, you know, and so uh, one thing I've looked into is some of these corporations have investments in pharmaceutical companies as well as junk food companies. So, so they make money on the front end and they make money on the back end. Um, you know, the, the companies like Eli Lilly um, that produce, um, you know, di di diabetes drugs, uh, I think it was one of their biggest, um, biggest, uh, most profitable drugs. Um, you know, some of their board members also sit on, um, I, can forget, I think it's called ADM, which is a big, um, it's kind of a big American uh, uh, junk food corporation. Some of the board members sit on the boards of ADM as well. And it's like, this is, this is worrying. You know, this is a, this is a conflict of interest that shouldn't 
shouldn't exist, you know. Um, but unfortunately, it does. Um, and sometimes I get quite disheartened by it. Sometimes I get quite depressed by it. Um, you know, especially if I'm trying to convince friends and family, um, that's a, that is a, a, a big thing that can, can get me down sometimes. Have you been able to talk uh, to friends and family? Have you been able to have some influence? Yeah. So a big, big change with, with their eating. Um, and also they're just more aware of it. So for me, it's not, it's not a case of trying to con trying to convince people it's more a case of informing them so if they make a decision that is bad they're aware that it's bad it's not that they're, they're making a decision because they've been told it's good um it's more uh, i think doctors refer to it as an informed informed consent so if you make a bad decision you know you're making that decision for bad reasons you're not making it because you've been told that that decision is a good thing um, so that's more kind of like my angle. Um, but I guess oftentimes I come, come across as preachy and, uh, evangelical to my, to my friends and family. Um, but how do you handle that? You must have family that are kind of resistant to that. So it is. And it's, it's so hard. It's like you said, like when, when you find, I think when you find this way of eating, it's not that you're trying to sell people on this way of eating or feel better that other people are like on your side with it. I, I, I don't feel that way. And I can tell you, you don't really feel that way. I don't, I don't care if it were a vegan diet or whatever, it's just a diet. But, but when you feel how good you can feel, when you can think how good you can think, like you feel better in your forties mm. than you did in your thirties, you naturally, mm. I think, want to share it. And it's so hard for me to learn the lesson of like, mm -hmm. if, if this person's not asking about it, if they're not, they're not going to be open to it. And so you're, you're just going to more like alienate people. If you continue to try I, one example, you know, one of my neighbors, um, posted something about the latest Netflix documentary about the twin study they just did. And the twin study had took the sets of twins. There were mm -hmm. 22 sets of twins. So 44 people and divided them. And it was a really poorly done study that really didn't do that much, but they made this beautiful looking documentary about it and put it on Netflix and it's getting all this attention. And one of my my friends, one of my neighbors posted about it and said, this is an amazing documentary. It's really great. And, you know, I, I, I sit and I think, and I'm like, should I say something? Should I not? And, you know, I just try to like stick something in there. Like, yeah, this is a really good documentary. Just remember that, you know, this was what they were actually measuring and whatever. And, and you just, I don't know, you hope that somebody out there will be willing to look at that and consider it before they start down a path that might take them to malnutrition and poor health. But you also don't want to alienate your friends who believe mm. a certain way. So it's a challenge as much as every time I go to the grocery store and I have my grocery cart and I want to point out that, yeah, no plants were killed in the shopping of all these groceries or whatever. It, it, it's tough because I, I know that that person's probably not going to understand. They're probably not going to be interested in it. And so it's nice to find platforms like this or platforms like yours where you're sharing, but people don't have to listen to it if they don't want to. If they don't like it, they don't have to follow you. But if people do like it and it helps them, then awesome. You're helping people. So I think that's the best way to approach it. But it's a challenge. Mm. It's hard. Yeah, big time, big time. And um, I think what one of my one of my biggest issues is similar to the way that I do fitness is I'm, I'm quite playful, quite experimental. Um, and I find that the way people eat the food guidelines that they're given, it, it makes them avoid like experimenting or it, it switches off their intuition. So 
if you find a way of eating that makes you feel, as you said, better in your 40s than you were in your 30s, and someone else is, you know, some, someone else is kind of saying that, you know, you, you, if you eat this way, you, you, you may potentially feel better. Why, why not try it? If, if, if your health is not, I understand people whose health is compromised. I understand that there's a, a big level of fear that they, they probably have, you know, they're probably going through. But if you're somebody that has health, I think it's, it, you, you should be duty bound to experiment and try something different and see how it makes you feel, see how, you know, it could potentially help your mental health, how it can improve your longevity, um, you know, your energy levels, you know, we're, we're all part of a, you know, whether we're all part of a group, all part of our tribes, whether there is a family tribe or societal tribe. Um, and the better we are as people, the better it is for, you know, the, the rest of society. So, you know, if you, if you are able, if you are in a position to experiment with how you eat and try something contrary to what you've been told, just, just do it like 30 days, 60 days, just give it a go. And if you feel good for it, then you've proved something to yourself, you know, as much as it's important to follow science and understand science and not throw science kind of, you know, away completely. It's, it's, it's also important, I think, to self-experiment. Um, and if you don't self-experiment, then you never really know. That's, that's how I view things. I love that. You never really know. Yeah. Um, I love that. It was a recent health conference that I went to and the presenter was talking about different studies and asked everybody like, what's the highest quality study that you can do? And everybody kind of murmured like, oh, it's a, it's a randomized controlled trial. That's the best way that you can study and parse something out. And he corrected everybody said, no, the best study is an N of one. It's your own personal mm -hmm. study of yourself. It doesn't mean anything scientifically. And what I eat doesn't scientifically mean that you have to eat the certain way, but the most important thing is how, how do you feel? How, how, how was your health? And mm. you're right that to have mm. that attitude of exploration and willingness to try different things to improve health, I think is so important. Did you have quite a bit of resistance to a carnivorous way of eating a more animal based way of eating when you came across it? Um, or, or was it that one podcast had you pretty much convinced? Um, it, it was, it, it was less, I, I think with the, the, the knees over toes guy, what he was like, his whole thing is about in, injury prevention. Right. Um, and I think, you know, being in your early forties, there's, there's, you're switched on to the fact that, you know, you're getting older, you know, there are these kind of aches and pains that you're feeling. Um, or anyway, back then, all these aches and pains that you're feeling, how can you overcome them in, in a way? And I, I, I always have a bias towards natural things. Um, I did all the supplements and stuff in my 20s and, and maybe in my early 30s as well. And then I stopped doing them because I was like, it, 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 something's not right here. Like, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm healthy, so I shouldn't have to rely heavily on these supplements and, and stuff. Um so even back then I had that kind of in, in my mind. So I was, I was, I was ready to hear this idea that eating certain foods can make you kind of have less injuries, have less aches and pains. Um, I was kind of open to that message. So it didn't take, it didn't take much to kind of try it, you know, and just kind of see how, 
see how things went and yeah three years on i'm I'm still pretty much pretty much meat based so. that's amazing wow yeah. and then just knowing you and your personality i can tell you being so thorough and wanting to learn more that then pushed you into like okay let's understand the mechanisms of why this works and why this is really important mm. and that's continued to lead you down that mm. path of learning more it sounds like is that correct yeah 100 percent. i mean there's still some things that i'm kind of like the 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 the, the plants the you know the whole plants are trying to kill you thing it's it's a compelling argument like i get it but then there's a bit of me that's like so so one of the issues that i, t- I tend to hear quite a lot uh you know car- carnivores uh, maybe beginner carnivores coming across is the the whole electrolyte issue and when it comes to fruit and veg and and seeds and nuts there are there are some electrolytes in them, right? So, for somebody who doesn't want to touch or who's biased against anything that is um, processed, you know that includes you know some of these electrolyte brands. You know, if there is if if someone is going through an electrolyte issue, having some fruit or having some you know seeds and nuts is is that not something that you should try? And I'm not talking about doing it in excess. Um, but then I'm also aware that some people have food sensitivities. And a lot of people came to carnivore due to food sensitivities. And some of these people are quite prolific in the carnivore low-carb community, which is a good thing. But it may skew, it may skew um, people's perception of kind of going meat-based. Because if somebody's saying that, you know, they get psychosis from putting some herbs and spices on their food, for somebody who doesn't have that level of food sensitivity, that just sounds, that, that sounds, um, it, as it is, it sounds extreme. It sounds almost alien. Um, and unfortunately, some people who don't sit down to kind of consider the fact that it is a food sensitivity... I find those people kind of like run from the diet. They're like, you know, this is a crazy thing. This is a, you know, this is madness. Um, yeah, I don't know. How do you stand on the eating of fruits, nuts, veg? That was such a thoughtful answer. Um, I really appreciate that answer. I, I'm kind of like you. I, I understand that there are certain people that are at that level. I personally know people that are at that level of carnivore that they they can't have anything. They're beef, salt, water, or they suffer some kind of physical or mental ailments that makes it worth it for them to stay on a very strict, a very restrictive, most people probably rightly so would say a very boring diet. You know what I mean? Um, Mm. we just got Mm. back from a trip. we spent two days in Vegas and I ate carnivore while I was in Vegas. But you know, if if I'm getting Mm. burger patties, I can't control the cooking of the burger patties the way I normally would. I can't control, you know, if I had it with cheese, I can't really control what kind of cheese it is and how that makes me feel. Like if I I had, you know, fried eggs on top of my burger patties, I can't control whether that was cooked in seed oils or not. And I noticed as I was coming home that I felt more hungry. Um, I didn't feel as Mm. optimal. I wasn't bad. You know, I had some sushi with had sushi rice and that was fine. And it's, it's a, it's just a lesser degree of, of how I normally feel, but it wasn't terrible and wasn't devastating. And, and, 
I, I guess I'm kind of like you. I can mix in some foods from time to time. Last night I had an avocado. Sometimes I have, um, you know, condiments, low sugar condiments. I know which ones are safe for me, but you're mm-hmm. right. The thing that I, that I worry the most about all of this is being able to share with somebody the benefits of trying a low carbohydrate or, or meat-based diet or try to get more animal protein in the diet without driving those people away. Like you said, like if somebody thinks that mm. we're telling everybody all you can have forever is beef, salt, and water, and that's it. Somebody mm. who could have benefited from having a little bit more animal product in their diet is now going to be like, okay, well, that's stupid. I'm never going to do that. So you're right. It's something mm. we should all be very mindful about that we understand that some people need to be very strict, but not everybody needs to be strict. And most people could benefit from getting more animal protein in their diet, whatever level they are. So I, I'm with you. I think that's a really, you had a really thoughtful answer to that question. And I think it's something that all of us in this community can be more mindful of. Mm-hmm. I, I was, you, you've reminded me, well, I, I, I was part of um, a group on Facebook called the Carnival Bodybuilding Group. Um, and I posted, you know, I posted a couple of things on there um, or had posted a couple of things on there. So a lot of people struggling um, with, doing carnival and being bodybuilders um or doing uh what you know heavy weight training sessions um so i would kind of like you know kind of comment occasionally and say like play devil's advocate and say you know i've heard this thing about you know various um so so one person for example was talking about water you know, not being able to retain water. They were kind of, you know, um, they're just going to the toilet all the time. And I know there's a transition period where some people have that. Um, there's also the, the electrolyte issue. Um, so people were talk, talking to this person and saying, you should try all of these different brands. Um, and then there was an article that I saw um, about electrolytes and fruit. And I was like, you know, maybe try a little bit of fruit, just a little bit, not, not, loads just a little bit maybe um so some people weren't too happy with that and they kind of you know um but where it went wrong was i posted a breakfast um and i would say that this breakfast was 95% meat right 95% meat but there was sweet potato there's 5% sweet potato maybe maybe even less right five cents sweet potato so the comments just came in like sweet potato is not carnival sweet potato is not carnival and i was like yeah like i i understand um <laughs> and i kind of decided to def- def- defend the post because i was like this is a breakfast i'm having with my my four-year-old daughter you know this is a breakfast that you know probably a lot of toddlers in the world don't get they're, they're probably snacking or eating you know um some cornflakes or some cereal or whatever. Um, whereas I'm introducing my, my daughter to mince meat and a little bit of sweet potato. So I decided to d- defend this post um, with some humor, you know, um, you know, there was one guy saying that I should have posted it in the keto group and it shouldn't belong in the carnival bodybuilding group. Um, so I, def- I defended it. And, and then I got onto the, the point of electrolytes. I was like, but electrolytes aren't carnivore. Some of these brands that you're talking about, they're not carnivore. Um, and then there was a whole interesting string, you know, with the whole bodybuilding scene. There's the, the thing with, 
you know, TRT and hormone replacement. I understand that some people need these things, right? But I was like, I said, strictly speaking, if you're going to have an issue with a meal that has less than 5% sweet potato in it, yet there's a lot of you that are talking about electrolytes and TRT and hormone re replacement therapy, does, does that not in a way, take away from the group? Does that not take away from the essence of what you're trying to um, trying to promote? And then the next day, I went onto the group and I couldn't find it. I was basically blocked. <laughs> no. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Um, you know, and I thought, you know, I thought the post was in keeping with the essence of why people, you know, become, you know, carnivore. Um, but I could see from a lot of the comments that there were people that were struggling with it who may not necessarily have had to struggle with it if they had introduced a food that wasn't meat-based, but was a small percentage of their overall meal. But anyway, you know, it's, you know, it's, 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 it feels like a very similar energy that some vegan and plant-based people have. Um, and, you know, as much as I, I, I think that meat-based is good, I worry sometimes when something is not health-led and it is identity-led. Um, that that would be my only beef with the carnivore and low-carb community. Pun, pun intended, that, you know. It, pun intended is 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 the identity thing. It's yeah. it should be health-led. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, you should you have know. been. It sounds like you should have been more. Yeah. You should have been more grateful to learn that a sweet potato didn't come from an animal. They, uh, clearly, you didn't know that before. And then they pointed it out to you that it, it's not carnivore. Oh, thank you. So I had no idea. I thought this was part of a chicken yeah. or something. Yeah. I was going to say. Then I got a bit. Then I got really silly, and I was saying, "Well, you know, if you're going to be like that, then water isn't carnivore, is it?" <laughs> I was, you know, I was, you know, being really silly, but yeah. You know. <laughs> it's yeah, it's tough. And, and yeah, I posted a picture a few months ago and it was like he, on my on my general Facebook page, so it wasn't even like on a carnivore forum or whatever, and it was a bunch of meat and then it was like part of an avocado was on the side and it was just a little green thing. And it wasn't vegans mm. coming at me saying like you're eating so much meat, it was the carnivores that were saying, What's that green thing on your plate? It's like, guys, you're missing the point. Yeah. <laughs> missing the yeah. point. Yeah. I mean I can I can also understand if somebody comes from comes from it from food sensitivity issues. Yeah. I can understand why that avocado or that sweet potato could be offensive, but you know, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's interesting, interesting. Um, yeah. It's just, just, just interesting the way people are with, with food and, and diet um, and the way they talk about it. It's, it's very, it's very religious. Yes. You know? Very much. Um, or can be very religious. Yeah. yeah. It's understandable, um, but it's something to be aware of uh, something all of us could do yeah, a little bit better 100%. with. Yeah. I love what you do with fitness. We talked about it a little bit. You love kettlebells, for example, how are you able to make exercise more simple for people? Like you mentioned earlier in the conversation. So my biggest thing is, uh, in all in like in making exercise simple is, is turning exercise into, um, I like to, well, there's a, a phrase, I, I think it's um, a lady called Katie Bauman who coined it, um, which is movement snacks. So it's, you know, literally you, you take a break and you do, you know, some form of exercise. Um, and I think that's how people can make it fun. I think, you know, um, some people 
need that concentrated hour to train, whereas other people, it, it needs to be dotted throughout the day, um, just so that it's not overwhelming. Um, yeah, that's, that's how I make it fun. That's how I make it playful. Um, you know, occasionally I have the, the hour long sessions. Um, but sometimes I'll just, you know, get up from my desk and do one minute or two minutes of an exercise and come back and do my work again. And then half an hour or an hour later, go back and do, do some more. Um, and I also find it's quite beneficial in, in the sense of getting older because you're not, you're not, you're not putting, you're giving yourself rest periods, um, you know, and rest and recovery is, is, is crucial to maintaining, you know, strength and muscle as you, as you, as you go over that. 40 hump i guess yeah. um for me any for i'm actually i'm speaking for myself not not for everybody but yeah speaking for myself but, yeah I, i'm yeah. assuming those hour-long sessions are much less frequent than they used to be for you is that is that true Andre, yes yes yeah yeah I, i'd say predominantly my training when i when i the days that i do train it's spread out throughout the day um and i kind of look at you know people that live in cultures where they're farming or they're, you know, they're, they're kind of manual based cultures, you know, they, they exercise throughout the day, um, rather than, you know, in a concentrated one hour session. Um, and I also think it's good for weight loss. Um, if you're constantly moving, I'm, I'm not a big proponent or fan of HIIT, uh, training. I, 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 you know, as much as there's lots of science behind it, it just doesn't sit right with me that you, do 15 to 20 minutes of high intensity training. Um, I think the prescription should be that you, you move as much as you can. Um, yeah. I love that. That's my, that's my philosophy. That's my thinking. So, I love it. Yeah. yeah. I do the same with, with my workouts. Like for me going to a gym for 45 minutes or an hour, it's probably just not going to happen anymore. But if I'm on a walk and I see monkey bars or something, trying to do some pull-ups or doing push-ups, or there's so many different fun, engaging things that people can do. And I think it makes it more approachable when you tell people you don't need to do 20 minutes of high intensity, you know, interval training. You don't need to go to the gym for an hour, like do something with some intention and do something every 30 minutes mm -hmm. or an hour, like you said, like a snack. And I, I think that's a wonderful way of looking at things, man. This has been a super fun discussion. I have thoroughly enjoyed. We kind of talked before about having a style where we're kind of going back and forth and talking to each other. And yeah, yeah. I've loved it, man. This has been great. I it's been it's been awesome. It's been awesome. I've got a whole load of other questions. We may have to do this again. Let's do this again. So many things let's, <laughs> I want to speak to you about. Let's do this again. I would absolutely love that. Uh, your message is amazing. I, I love the energy that you're putting out there. I know you're 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 you've got so many things going thank on, you, like you man, said. You. Hard to hard to you know separate them all <laughs> since you're so busy. But it's I I love finding people who are doing really good work, and you're doing really good work. You make things fun and enjoyable, and I think people really appreciate that. And it's, it's very approachable. You're a very kind guy. Um, and like I said, I've really, um, enjoyed this conversation with you. Um, where would you like people to go to find you and connect with you and your work? Okay. Um, so, you know, Instagram, I guess is the main place. Um, and it's iffy uploaded that's I F Y and then uploaded. Um, yeah. And like all of my different projects and different hats, uh, are on there. Um, you know, the, um, meat based heels, that's the, the podcast, um, that you've reinvigorated me to, to continue, you know, pushing forward with, um, that's something that I'm doing. Um, 
There's uh, something called Shake Up The Routine, which is a project I'm doing with my partner, which is to help people that are um, that work from home um, to, to, to kind of demystify and make exercise a, a lot easier for them. Um, so yeah, yeah, and, uh, juggling many things, juggling many things. <laughs> You're such a stud. I love that. Such a Jesus, thank you very much. Thank you. I think I think the same of you. I, I need to I need to get some um, get some info on the whole podcast thing, and because you are prolific, you oh, upload on a regular basis. Um, you know, is, is podcasting your one of your main things? Is it is it is it bringing in some pennies? Like what's no, the deal? No, I spend money on podcasting. This is something that I have to fund myself, mm. and we don't monetize and. I mean, we've gained a few clients from it, but it's not the purpose. It's just like you, man. It's just a passion that trying to get out there and, and hopefully inspire some people. And it's it's been just a fun journey. And I get it. I get a chat with people like you. I get to meet people all over the world and learn their stories. And it's it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just it's so fun to have these conversations. And this has been no different. So Ify, thank you so very much for taking the time being on our show and having this great conversation back and forth. It's been a pleasure. Let's do this again. Oh, I think you've cut out again. Right at the end. <laughs> we, had a, we had a few times it cut out. That's all good. Well, thanks again for being on, man. And this has been another episode of Boundless Body Radio. Thank you so very much for continuing to listen to Boundless Body Radio. As 2023 has come to a close and we're starting another new year in 2024, I always try to reflect on not only the direction that we want to go in the future, but also how much we have grown in this last year. Our podcast has now generated well over 400,000 downloads from all over the world, and it's all thanks to fantastic listeners like yourself. I hope you are as excited for the new year as we are around here. The lineup of guests that we have coming up is absolutely staggering, and we're always striving to bring you the best content from the most amazing people in health, nutrition, and wellness. Remember that you can always head on over to our website to book a complimentary 30-minute session with us at myboundlessbody.com. On our homepage, there is a book now button where you can select a time to speak with us about your health and fitness plan, especially for the new year. We've absolutely loved chatting with so many of you out there to bounce ideas off each other and try to come up with plans to help you achieve specific goals. And seriously, I really do mean this. Even if it's just to say hello and introduce yourself, we absolutely love connecting with our listeners in the community. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel as well if you want to watch these full interviews and also shorter interviews on more specific topics that are taken from these interviews. We've gotten really great feedback over there, and it's also a really fun way to interact with people who comment. We read and reply to every single YouTube comment we get, so be sure to subscribe to our channel and leave as many comments as you like to keep the conversation going. And of course, if you haven't already, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to make sure that the podcast gets out to more listeners. Your five-star ratings and reviews are the best way to support us here at Boundless Body and to support the podcast at Boundless Body Radio really only takes a moment and it's very meaningful to us. Cheers to 2024 and thank you again for listening to Boundless Body Radio.